<laughs> Got it. Hey. Hey. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So light this candle again. She seems to want to keep me occupied. So keep on returning to lighting the light. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. So she's always telling me this, and it's it's something that that funny enough happens with all the candles that I have. Um, they can be super A one amazing candles with this amazing wick and stuff, mm. and they will always go out. And I have to keep lighting them. And I have to keep lighting them. It's like a reminder that you. You always need to attend to these small things, you know, attend to your spiritual progress, attend to the fire, you know, yeah, well, that fire of life. No matter but, who you are or where you are. Or, yeah, between, exactly. Yeah, we, we all got to do the work. That's right. Hey, yeah. okay, so on that note, I'm welcoming you here um to this space i'm calling this the crowning series and you're the first person i'm speaking to about the story which is quite cool <laughs> so um this is robert jewell also known as gentle rain have you got any other names um that you'd like yeah so um i'm also called mvula which is the it's the that little rain the small rain so it's a direct translation of, of the gentle rain. Um, and they don't want to give me any other names. They just want this one because they want me to just stay focused and not get distracted and all the other medicines with the other names and things. Because. So yeah, they're quite direct, my ancestors. <laughs> yeah, you're inside your primary calling, him. Hey? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Hey, wonderful. And we're coming to you in your in your in the the causal lines. You're you're initiated into the causal lineages. Do you call it a yeah. Matusini as well? Uh, well, I've I've kind of grown up with it being called a Makusini. It's also called a Ndumba. Ndumba. Um, yeah, so um, I know it more as a Ndumba. Mm. than Makasini, but that's also a Zulu word. So yeah. um, there's there's kind of a very mixed um, story with the Kosa and Zulu lines now. Um, mm. They're getting closer and closer together, although I'll probably be shot for saying that. Hallelujah. Yeah, we are together, Zulu lines and Kosa lines. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think the, the primary focus for, for both of those things is, um, you know, to, to get on with your calling and not get caught in the, the, the troll tribal story, but actually start working um, with your own spirituality that we have been taught through these lines. Yeah. So, you know, we often get... Um, this whole cultural appropriation thing 
thrown all over the place. And so for me, that 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 thing is is all about um, whether it's a fashion statement, whether it's trendy or not, and whether there's no deep practice. Mm. So for me, I find that um, this line that I've been initiated into has an amazing ability to to teach you about the little things um, like just watching the forest watching how the forest grows and what um, goes on in the forest even when the the lights go out you know there's all these little critters walking around and there's this whole ecosystem this whole web of life that just moves and one of the ceremonies that I was introduced to was looking at the light of the trees. So you go into the into the um, into the forest mm. at dusk, and there's a whole ceremony around that. And, and you choose your particular tree, which you've dreamt, and then you go and offer that father tree or mother tree um, some offerings, and then you see the the light of of the tree you know that that beautiful gateway that intelligence the the whole um mycelial network working and all of these sparks shooting all over the place and then you see the guardian and it's absolutely amazing because this is um one of the core focuses of of this tradition and that is this earth-based getting to your center, getting to your heart Eden, you know, and being um, focused in the heart space. So you don't get flying, you don't fly off with all of this um, other stuff that's going on, you know, you focus on your heart space, you know, you, you are one of many in the forest, but you're all part of the forest. You know, when you when we go to the water, we're told that um, the big ancestors come to us and they say, hey, you know, we are all one. We're all the same. We're all this soup, this primordial soup, we're all together in this thing. We're all brothers and sisters and everything. And it's really quite profound and quite beautiful when you experience that at, at such a heart level. When they actually come and they touch you and they say, you know, you're part of us, we're part of you. It just gives this whole beautiful feeling of just being so supported and in, in this vessel and flying through space. <laughs> and then you go to the forest and you realize, yes, we are all one, but then now, um, just like the trees have bark and all the cells have a cell wall, we have a beginning and an end. We have a definition. So. We are separate, but we're the same. And then what, what we take from that is that we all have different job descriptions, but we're all the same, really. We have the same creator, but we just have a different job description. Mm. And no one's more or less important than the other. Mm. And so the, the whole process of, of this has been all about humility and being in your heart space, mm. you know? Mm. And I think that's something that that's lacking in a lot of spiritual practice, you know, that that real heart-centered focus where we see everybody as equal and we look at the world through a compassionate, loving heart, not this division that sometimes has started taking over, you know. Mm. 
So, and that, that's what I've that's what I've learned. That's what I've been taught by this practice, um, by this cultural container. Um, because I, you know, I didn't have a cultural container actually. Mm. Um, I was uh, born in a into a Jewish family with Catholic parents. <laughs> it was very strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there was this whole melting pot going on and then then also i i grew up with uh, my domestic worker you know and that was in zimbabwe so she was always teaching me about the culture the shona culture and um you know she taught me about tokolosh and all of these things mm. um and then you know it's just from there it just became part of me, just like the Jewish Catholic tradition. Mm. You're an African person. Yeah. African human with yeah. white skin and a reddish orange beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so this is a really wonderful, all this that you've shared with, with us now. Um, coming from the roots of your experience as as it's been drawn for you and drawn through you and drawn into your world by by your coming together with with the culture with the tamak or the the causes yeah. culture southern african um medicine person and um how that's given you some form to work with to help you to return again and again to your heart and and what's what's interesting to me is how now what i want to ask you is coming from that place and sitting in that place that you're sitting in how have you been meeting with the that which has come to you in in terms of your own personal experience and also or story and and also in terms of the the people that come to you um because i know the the, the job is to heal the community um yeah. you know and also the people that come to you with regards to in this time the time of corona the time of vaccines the time of you know um separations in all the different ways that have been happening where um in some ways the the delineation those boundaries um the you know the, that you talk about like this the bark of the tree um or the skin of the body are becoming more pronounced or have been um made to to appear more pronounced by the you know separation stuff that's been going on and the separation of choices and all this kind of stuff and then at the same time there's a dissolving happening um, of previously taken for granted ideas uh, about the way things are and um so there really are the, the the difference of worlds if you like that coexist the 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 the, the difference between the the big tall tree and and the clover and the you know the deer that's passing through 
um, you know, are so distinct now. Um, mm. So I'm interested in that and I'm interested in it from a kind of storytelling weave, words are medicine point of view. And I'm mm -hmm. also interested in it from a kind of, the word that comes to me is diagnostic, um, medical scientific observational point of view. Um, yeah, so, so I'm interested in, in what you come back with now. Yeah, so I've been working a lot with people who are um, feeling quite disenfranchised. They are feeling like they don't belong. Um, the world has just become a crazy place with lots of weird stuff going on. Um, there's this threat that looms around the corner, this insidious, unseen, hidden threat where people are um, made to be sick and die and suddenly disappear. And, you know, this could happen to me kind of thing. Hmm. So there's a, I've, I've been working mostly with the fear. Um, so people come to me with this, all of this stuff, all of this heavy baggage, like, um, you know, they start talking about the Illuminati and they start talking about um, the vaccines controlling us and microchips and, um, you know, you name it. Um, even the lockdown was was a huge story for, for a lot of people. And um, at first people didn't reach out. They, they held on to it and held on and, and, and um, sat with whatever was going on for them. Um, and I remember I met one lady in the, in the street and I asked her how she was and she just started shaking. She was so angry because she, it was, it was like lockdown. We weren't, we weren't supposed to be talking even. It was like, you know, <laughs> we were supposed to be going to the shops to do shopping. Um, anyway, so she she was so visibly distraught and I realized that this this thing this disempowering is so powerful for people because they allowed it to control them they allowed themselves to be um what they felt to be violated um so there was a sense of um this victimhood where people felt like they didn't have a choice where they didn't accept and they couldn't accept what was happening to them because it was an affront to their personal freedom. And so my response to that whole thing was that, of course, you know, we have been constrained. There's, there's a lot of stuff, you know, for sure. Um, I went a bit crazy here. Um, fortunately, I've got a bit of a... Um, a bit of a yard so I was able to go outside and stretch my legs and things um, but the the way I got through it and the way I helped a lot of people through was by just letting them express what was going on just let the pressure cooker kind of release a little bit of steam mm. just so that they can be heard mm. and I think that the disenfranchising was 
a big thing was that people just don't feel heard. They didn't feel like they had a choice. They didn't feel like they had a voice even. And their voice meant nothing. Mm. Um, so when they were locked up like prisoners, you know, um, it was it was like they were locked up as prisoners, as the voiceless, as the people who didn't have um, any say in what was happening. Mm. And for the most part, sure, we didn't have a say because it was a global pandemic. There was they weren't sure what was going on. They didn't. Sh they weren't sure how this was going to work. So, um, you know, there was a whole scenario thing that that the government worked out and they implemented it. Mm. Whether they did it right or wrong is not for me to say. You know, um, I'm not a I'm not an expert in global medicine or anything by any stretch. You know, mm. but. I would like to believe that most people do the best they can with what they have. And that includes the people who have the responsibility of um, making these calls, making these decisions, mm. you know, whether they um, are effective and corrupt and all of those kinds of things, you know, that's a whole nother story. But um, you know, for just for, for my purpose and just for the purpose of those people who were, were speaking to me, um, we didn't go there because um, it's something out of your control, something that you can't deal with. You can't change other people. You can't um, help other people if they don't want to be helped, but you can help yourself. And you, you can, um, you can be happy with what you've got. You just have to go inward. You have to find your heart space and you have to find that compassionate, loving heart space. And that's really difficult, you know? That means that you've got to sit with all of those sensations and breathe this big, beautiful blue sky around those sensations and, um, Give it space and just ask it, you know, what's going on? Why, what are you telling me? Why are you claustrophobic? Why are you saying that I'm claustrophobic? What is it that you are trying to say to me? What is it that I need to do? How can I help you? You know, and then with that compassionate view of, of yourself, then that gives you much more of a compassionate view of the world. And you're able to see that actually it's not that bad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Even the worst dire consequences um, can, be, can be mitigated like that. I, mean, I heard a story about um, when the, the Chinese invaded uh, Nepal. Um, uh, no, what was it? Yeah, anyway. Um, the, the mountain kingdom, forget its name, it's gone. Anyway, Tibet, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's good. Mountain kingdom was the key there. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So when, when the Chinese invaded Tibet and, um, 
there were stories of the most horrific things happening to the monks. And one of the stories that came down from that experience was a group of monks and nuns who were treated to the most horrific barbaric torture. But they decided that this was just another part of samsara. This was just another part of the delusion. Because if you look at the Tibetan book, the book of the dead, there is a part where you do experience the worst horrors in the world. And if you hold to the thought that this is an illusion, this is all a dream, um, you know, self-realization is my key, this is my goal, enlightenment is my goal. And if you hold to that, then you will be enlightened and you'll become the Buddha. So all of these nuns and monks apparently did this. And whether they achieved enlightenment, who knows? I mean, you know. But I'd like to think that, that at least one or two of them did mm. by holding to this. And it was such a story of amazing courage and amazing spiritual um, uh, expression. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Because mm -hmm. they, they held to it, they held to their beliefs, they held to it. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't let anything deviate. Mm. And they knew that the only way through the pain and suffering that they were experiencing was inward, in that compassionate heart, which is immortal and is um, expansionless, you know, it's just everywhere, but it's bigger than we could possibly imagine. I've heard it being ex um, explained like, if you take a sink of water and you drop some ink into it, mm -hmm. okay, Oh, you've gone quiet. I don't hear you. Sorry. There we go. You're back. You drop a yeah. drop of ink into some water in a sink. Okay, so if you drop some, some ink into the water, okay, it becomes very blue. Yeah. But if you take that same drop, the same drops that you would have dropped into the sink, and drop it into the ocean, it disappears. It's minute. And that is what happens when you bring your pain to um, the most fathomless part of you, which is your heart space. Mm. And, you know, the forest is also boundless. The, the forest goes on forever. Eden is a place of amazing um, variety and it was endless and boundless, mm. you know. So we all have these mythic themes and the trick is to look at the mythic theme and see what it's trying to teach us. Um, so my focus with all of these people was just to bring them in, bring them back to themselves. Forget about what's going on in the world for now, you know? Mm. Get involved. Mm. Focus on how you can make your life better now, you know? Because if you start focusing on what's going on in the outside world, then you start 
having problems with hypertension, um, your blood pressure goes through the roof, you know, um, you heart problems, diabetes, um, psoriasis, all sorts of heat generated diseases. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth yeah. getting involved. In <laughs> I totally agree. I remember hearing a story um, from Mesoamerica. Um, I think from the, the Mexican culture about the time between worlds. Um, you know, they, they say that they we're moved into now moving into the fifth world or the sixth world. I can't remember yeah. which yeah. And there's a time in between. And they say that during that time, you must close all the shutters and close the doors and stay inside the house and don't look out because if you look out, you're going to go mad because the dimensions are shifting. And everything is is shifting from those stories and in those times, I suppose, that quite possibly from the stories, it sounds like very literally translated to, you know, like, like, like I would imagine in, in a sci-fi movie or something where there's a <laughs> full dimension shift going on and there's different timelines physically intersecting and you know so it it is a creation of it could totally make a person go a bit nutty to look at it and and i certainly have been feeling it it feels like it's receded a little bit but even still now the yeah. most important place to be is right here yeah. and and if i'm going to look out i'm looking to the beauty i'm looking to the beauty yeah. and I'm, I'm not discounting any of the other stuff but mm. yes, looking to nature and, and interesting things in my story of what I've been observing have been happening in like, for example, I was, um, I was out in the mountains singing the other day and uh, singing the pyramid rock and the, mm -hmm. the, um, I was asked to, extend the song to not only include all of the what we think of as nature the natural kingdom and queendom not only include humanity but and the plants and the animals and the water and the stones and everything but include the the stones in the buildings and the cities and the stones and the cement in the roads and the, everything because that and and what you're saying about eden the forest it does extend through everything yeah. this is more and more yeah. my experience in in working through this time um how it really is one one beingness that we are encountering all of the different shades of it and and the shades are so much more distinct than they ever have been perhaps in our memory anyway in in the memory of this this form of humanity that we're in now yeah. currently yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. It's quite yeah. profound. Cool. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> Gives you, makes you think, eh? Makes you yeah. think that it's, you know, a lot of people, you know, when I, when I talk about nature and um, the the forest and and all of that, 
so the ideal is this beautiful place with waterfalls and beautiful big trees and rainforests and monkeys and spiders and little cockroaches and you know all of those guys but you know in a lot of the a lot of the jungles and, and stuff in the world now there are ruins there are buildings there are people there um you know Joburg has funny how we we romanticize the old ruins yes the new ones that are not yet ruins <laughs> we don't romanticize them so much isn't it like, oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know um a lot of a lot of cities in the world are, have been considered forests just because of the density of the trees you know and absolutely because there are lots of trees there's lots of buildings there's lots of cats and dogs and mice and cockroaches and spiders and all of those things all living in this massive community and a lot of a lot of these critters have adapted to to live in these environments now um, because this is their reality you know yeah so by saying that, that yeah. these cities are bad and wrong and all of that kind of stuff and insists we should be living in nature you know what are you saying actually like mm -hmm. where is nature now nature is everywhere everything you know like you say the, the forest the roads are uh, the same um the bricks the um the lime in the in the cement is is coming from from crustaceans anyway mm. you know this is all mother earth that we've that we've built around us yeah we've got old forests that have been felled for us to make our roofs and nice furniture and beds and things mm. you know they've still got a vibration yes they're yeah. still alive mm -hmm. you know yeah and i think um a lot of people um you know they 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 talk about you know what is sentient what is real um what is what is life and i think it just comes down to whether it vibrates or it doesn't you know if it vibrates it's alive if it doesn't it's not yeah and that's means everything is alive. everything if it has the color it's vibrating <laughs> it has physical form it's vibrating yeah sure never mind the stuff we can't see yeah yeah and that probably vibrates the other way you know <laughs> yeah. it's probably a spectrum you know it's like an like an anti-vibration yeah just like um you know those sounds that i mean we know the the human visible light spectrum is so limited compared to mm -hmm. some other creatures and same like with the sound or what we can hear is so limited compared to some other creatures it's it's just you know it's a bit crazy to think that we know we know what's what is and what isn't and you yeah. know yeah yeah so i want to change direction slightly now and mm -hmm. go into um I'm interested in your observations when you have been both working with, because I know, I know I've done work with you. I know that you're a fantastic 
um, surgeon of sorts. Um, I don't want to put uh, any kind of title <laughs> on that, you know. Um, but I know that you're able to see in the field and yeah. the, or the bio field, the morphogenetic field of, of not only humans, of, of all sorts of things, of everything that is. When, when you look, mm. you're able to see. Um, and, um, and I know that you're very good at it because we've worked together in that and I love working with you. I'm interested mm -hmm. in what you've observed in the human morphogenetic field as, as changing both due to COVID and also due to the vaccine, because I'm interested in both. Um, you know, I've been doing some study in both, you know, through people who've come to me. Um, and, and sometimes I, I ask people if I can have a, you know, dive in and have a look because I'm curious because, because as, as you've been talking about, and, you know, for me, it feels like there's there's a bigger picture going down, and and that everything is a design of nature, and there's nothing stopping the evolution that is happening. It feels like an evolution. This is why I'm also calling this yeah. the crowning series, you know. And I mm. feel like the 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 synchronicity of the name of Corona, the crown you know this this whole sovereignty what is a crown it's 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 worn by sovereigns you know um this the all the mythology all of the stories they they point toward it just says in my head good vibes you know but and and there's also challenges therein you know so because of course you know if i personally know for for 100 percent if you're going to be putting a crown on, you're going to be taking extra responsibility. So, of course, to get to that place, then there are challenges. There's the night's quest, you know, there's yeah. the obstacles yeah. to think. So, so, but from a kind of a, a surgeon's point of view, <laughs> you know, I'm really interested to, to hear if you noticed common common changes you know in in the very many people that you've worked with who've had or previously had or have at the time had corona and also people who have been vaccinated if you've worked with some of them like what are the common things that you're noticing and and then also you know have you noticed pathways that are available to i'm going to use the word sing because that's how i work um in order to co-create a deeper and more expanded and grounded harmony in in that being for that being mm. Mm. yeah well it's interesting huh? because my um my view of the vaccine so what i've what i've noticed is that um, it doesn't actually alter your um, your energy space that much. There is there is a change in the vibrational frequency, mm. so you do you do have more um, more energy sitting in the in the solar plexus. 
um, less in the, in the heart and the lungs. Um, because what I've found with, with Corona is that people who have had it, their lungs are shot. Mm. The, the, the energy of the lungs looks quite black, like emphysema, you know? Um, so there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of separation. There's a lot of loss going on. And I think that's one of the key factors of, of the, um, the move that the virus is making. It's showing us the, um, the things that we've lost, the separation that we've experienced. The ocean of tears. <laughs> totally, totally, man. And you know, the, the interesting thing is that um, your nadis that, that cross your masculine and feminine. Sorry, my dogs, they, they agree too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if they stop. Some, some fighting going on in the nadis. So, yeah, so the, the chaos that happens in the nadis is that there's, there's usually a break. There's a break on the top of the lungs here. And it's so interesting. Um, every single person that I've seen who has got a broken um, set of nadis here somewhere near the lungs, I ask them, so, you know, have you had COVID? And yep. So nine times out of 10, it's, it's due to um, the COVID um, virus. Mm. So interestingly enough, the vaccine doesn't do that. <clears throat> the vaccine does very, very little actually. Um, there, is, there is a little bit of uh, a dampening here, um, the lower lungs. Um, there's, for a lot of people, a stuffy nose, like so a sense of feeling um, interfered with. Um, but that's, I think that's more the emotion and the energy around the subject of the vaccination and not necessarily the vaccine itself. Um, so there, there are energy changes, yes, but I don't think that, that, you know, from what I can see in the energy process, the, the vaccine doesn't, doesn't shatter as badly, doesn't cause as much damage. And it's readily, readily fixable, you know? So yeah. it's not a long-term thing either. I mean, you know? I think but, both are. Have yeah. you, you said that what you've noticed, which I find interesting is with the vaccine, then the there's an intensification of energy in the solar plexus, yeah. right? So yeah. um, have you noticed the rising of that? So in the central channel, because what I've noticed is in the hemispheres between the brain, you know, that brain hemisphere, the, the thing that joins the two sides, that fine membrane, right. I've noticed holes in that, um, in a vaccine person. Um, and so what I'm wondering is whether you've seen uh, a rising, and then of course also it's all fixable, but whether you've noticed a, um, an impact on the will, which sits in, this, in the solar plexus, in, well, following the mytho reality I, I'm mm. in awareness with. 
um, have you have you noticed an impact on in any way uh, uh, the will and and its ability to rise and connect with the the highest will and then also in that have you noticed any shifting in the ancestral field and the connection mm. the connection mm. yeah yeah so so what often happens is there's either a big shift to the left or the right so there's an unbalancing and also um so you've got different you've got different hemispheres in your auric field um and they they um, correspond to different kind of uh light codes i suppose energy frequency things that the you know they're like symbols that sit in your in your aura <clears throat> so those um those shift slightly to give you a different reality or different stance um at your different world view in life and sometimes um the one that sits here <clears throat> in the solar plexus that's the one that gets dented quite a lot with with the vaccine um so that that i've had to repair a lot mm. um so that also moves a little bit to the left mm. so tend to become more victim thinking rather than balanced where you are equal opportunity so you can give at the same time yeah so that that kind of gets dented and moved to the left the the perforation of the hemispheres is really interesting i haven't seen that i must look out for it mm. um <clears throat> but yes there's also there's also an interesting um an interesting movement um with the the kundalini so um i think there's the, it looks like there's a like a, a supercharged like you know it's on hyperdrive mm -hmm. and then it burns out quite quickly mm -hmm. so it's a flare and then it dies back and it's a flare and it dies back ah. And I think it's your body's awareness trying to see what is this thing? Why is it here? What is this thing? Why is it here? Oh, it's that thing. Okay. Why is it here? Oh, that thing. Okay. But so I was like that a, sorry. So, so almost like a, a state of hyper alert. Yeah. And this is coming yeah. from the. Does it feel to, or have you observed it to be something that's um, potentially due to the um, denting, as you you described it, in the solar plexus? So the the fire is kind of pushing through that place, the kundalini. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's interesting because um, there's there is a change. There's there's a definite change. But I think what's interesting is that um, the the vaccine contains a lot of the codes that are um, coming from the virus itself. There's a, there's a lot of that that coding that comes with it. So um, I think that is also integrating. Um, but without the rest of the stuff, without the rest of the integration code. So it's kind of looking at these codes and not being able to read them properly because it's like um, going through a, 
going through a book and deleting all the B's, C's and A's, so cool. you know? Yeah, yeah. So kind of like um, the difference, I, I was listening to a conversation a few days ago about um, the difference between working with uh, a full plant, like um, this was particularly yeah. about Iboga, um, which has got the spirit of the plant as a teacher fully intact, and, and the extract um, of the plant, Ibogeng, for example, um, which has not got the, or even a full spectrum extract, but it's still an extract and the spirit of the plant isn't as present. Um, yeah. So the wisdom teachings that come from the, you could even say from the connection with the above and the below, that that plant has got with the because you know you've got your your above mm. the father frequencies if you like below the mother frequencies if you like and then the being that exists in between is the child right and so that could be a plant mm. or an animal or whatever it is mm. um mm. and and that part is missing in in mm. an extract so so you're kind of saying you're noticing a similar thing with the vaccine yeah i am you know, and um, so the way I work is I use I use plant spirits um, for for the medicine for the people. So a lot of these medicines that you see behind me are um, they're the whole plant or the the bark or the essence. You know, mm. um, the the actual intelligence of the plant, yeah. and I use that and I just ask them. You know, hey, so. Um, my practice is moving away from physically using plants. You know, I've got all of these guys here that I that um, I'm finishing up, mm. and then then I've got this whole other thing where um, I'm taking I'm taking the the plants spirits, um, infusing them in water, and then giving them to the patients mm. to to get the whole experience of the plant. Mm. And I think in a way. That that is, that would be the ideal for um, for the viruses. It's a little bit more dangerous though, because you've got <laughs> you've got the the potential for for this medicine to really make you sick and really kill you. You know, when you're dealing with viruses, I mean, like you're not going to do this thing with Ebola. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But having said that. You know, the you know what is the Ebola spirit trying to say to us? Actually, what is the um, what is the virus, the coronavirus, actually saying with us? Yeah, because we we've, we've evolved alongside them. We've we're part of them. They're part of us. You know, we've been mingled from the word go. A lot of our evolutionary process is due to viruses, the viruses that we've picked up in Mother Nature. You know, it's that symbiotic relationship that we've experienced with Mother Earth, you know. So there's a very important process that needs to happen. And we need to get the full message so that our bodies can make sense of it, integrate it into our field, to our DNA. And then we evolve and our evolution can continue. So in a lot of ways... You know, 
the the vaccine kind of short circuits that a bit. But you know, people have been getting it anyway. People have been getting corona anyway. So you get people who've had the vaccine and they get corona. So they that fixes the the problem with the vaccine actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. Look, I mean, uh, when when you when you start down the the road of talking about the vaccine and and all of that stuff, you get caught in the controversy of whether it's okay or not, or whether it's right or wrong, or you know the human rights abuse, oh, all of that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um. I think we're in the we're in the age of vaccine. We're in the world of vaccines. And there's very little that we can do now to to move away from that because that is the way modern medicine has evolved. It has become vaccine heavy because that is a technology that they think works. And they're using it um, sometimes to to benefit, you know. Mm. Um, but sometimes it's it's not so it's not so hot. It doesn't work so well. Yeah. Um, Have a bit so, of a as you said. And then yeah. at the same time. So part of my inquiry is how can we restore harmony, um, regardless of what you know so you spoke about with with covid what you notice the main thing it's it's quite heavy on the body i know that covid is yeah. it's 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 well i mean there's there's a few different manifestations of it that i've seen um it's not all the same um but but certainly it breaks stuff <laughs> and and this break that you noticed here in the 90s you know like and that can be repaired and it takes some skill to do that and and knowing about it um and i suppose one can do that oneself if one knows has got some even just a really good imagination you know um yeah, there's something else though that's that's really interesting um i don't know if you've noticed that sorry to cut you off no go ahead i've just remembered um the the early the early COVID, um the, the early virus was creating this black cloud that people trailed behind them. And it was all of this stuff. So it was all the guilt and shame and all of the, the bad vibes that they've experienced in their life. It was like this big balloon that sat in the back here. And it was, um, it was angrier. It was tormenting them. It was saying, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? Da, da, da. Listen to me. What are you trying to say to me? Angry, angry, just henpicking them all the time, you know. And that I think is what people experience um, first. It's this uh, this panic and this feeling of oh my god, there's something behind me. So the terror, the fear, all of those past things, and then the depression and the grief when finally your energy system just overloads and breaks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It hasn't so, happened. Well, yeah. It's really but, like a, a, a major invitation from 
the tiny ones, <laughs> the viruses, to to have a look at our shit. Hey, it's like that. I've I've been yeah. reading the Dune series for a while now. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm on the I'm on the last one now. <laughs> I'm nearly done. Um, and and there's the you know the that I, I forget uh, that it goes fear is the mind killer. I will face my fear and allow it to move through me and past me. And when it has passed around me, I will turn and look at it. And all I will see is myself. Yeah. And, and in many ways, I think that's what this whole experience for, I mean, really actually for everybody, people who've had Corona that they, they get hit the hardest people who've had the virus, I mean, the vaccine, people who haven't, <laughs> just about everybody is, this is what's coming up now. And, and for me, this is like the greatest symptom of the crowning symptom yeah. or the deepest invitation in, in this evolutionary step to yeah. crown. It is that thing of, of, facing our fears and allowing them to like they're being brought up isn't it and and then you know not yeah. bypassing them but actually letting them move through us and mm. and do the dissolving that needs to be done and yeah mm. yeah mm. robert what have you noticed with the the smell and taste stuff in the biofield. Um, I haven't so actually researched that. I, I've just, as I recently sang for some people who had lost their smell and taste, and I was working together also with the plant medicine. And, um, you know, it began to return. There was some shifting in the fields and stuff like that. But I'm interested. I haven't done a, a like a close inspection. Yeah, so if you look, if you look really closely, you'll see there, there are small energy lines that move up and around and back and down. Um, so those, those all get blocked up. And um, this one breaks here. Um, this one, when it comes around here, this one breaks here. But also, but more than that, there's like a smoke, it's like a fog that just infiltrates and the whole head just becomes black with this like really gritty gray um, smog, mm. you know? Mm. So these people walking around with this like gray and um, almost black eyes, you know? It's like they're possessed, <laughs> they're taken over by this thing. And I think that is also what is going on they're not smelling and they're not tasting because they are they're being possessed by the virus they're being possessed by the illness actually so the virus comes into our body and it's um it mutates and it takes over and it um it builds in numbers and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger it creates its own intelligence in our body and it becomes its own operating system that sits in here. Mm. And that's short-circuiting all sorts of other things because that thing wants control, it wants autonomy. 
it wants to be autonomous in this field here. So it's like pushing our, um, our incarnation out so that it can incarnate. So it's almost like it's wanting a fortune at birth, but it can't get it yet. So it's just trying its luck. Yeah, there's that thing that's going on there. The incarnation here. And it's manifesting here more than anything. So it's all upper body, body stuff. It's all, um, it's all thinking stuff. Yeah, mind-based. Yeah. So this is interesting. I've got two points here come up for me. The one is, um, again, relating to the, the shift that the vaccine brings in with the denting of the solar plexus, the will center, which, of course, connects with the mind with regards to thoughts and choices, choosing so much people our society doesn't really teach us to make choices and think with our hearts, you know, very mm. much. Um, mm. So the most, the primary choice making part of our body is the mind. And then it's, it's, it's the will, you know, the activation, the fire coming from the solar plexus. Um, so it's interesting to me, you speaking about this desire to incarnate of this, intelligence in in the human form in this reality here and then and then the fact that it's called corona which i'll just uh, sidestep into something else that i've noticed and been working with and and that is that when i make when it's the right time and i've been given permission i make alterations to the crown and root it into the heart into the back of the heart so that there's a full open fan full open um mm -hmm. to to receive connection with the the frequencies of the above um mm -hmm. then then that helps a great deal with the integration process around the choices that we're being asked to make in every moment in order to rise within sovereignty as yeah. as unique individuals so yeah. so and and that's just a little bit of a sidestep because the other thing that which is which is a nice one to chew on and sit with but i want to move forward because otherwise we're going to go too long the other thing that um came up for me when you were speaking was um because as you know i'm i'm participating in a an ecosystem, co-creating an ecosystem in the metaverse now, um, in order to be able to go globally communicate um, the uh, story threads that are new and different to to weave and you know from the edges of the carpet of society and the cultural carpets that humanity has woven over all of the many thousands of generations to take those threads and just begin to weave a whole new carpet, a whole new thread that will be able to support 
the planet and all of her children and and our children in the future and and the plants and the animals and everybody equally so that um the the natural abundance and also supporting the natural abundance nature's abundance to flow in the world which people which we were talking about earlier which is also nature but we tend not to call nature you know the city etc the the hovel you know like everywhere um everywhere in every home um and and so i'm i'm participating in this co-creation I'm, I'm one of the singers and and this incarnation of the metaverse um which we see in the form of the internet and which is allowing us to speak right now and and also we see it in the form of things like cryptocurrency and you know like all these different global unification things this um, kind of environment of, of very much free creativity because there aren't borders like country borders. I mean, there, there are in certain parts of the metaverse, it's very controlled um, by logarithms and what is, what's it, sums and maths and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Listen to your phone, listens to you and all this stuff, you know. Um, but at the same time, there are other other areas of the metaverse which which is where i'm participating where there isn't that where there's no way to it's decentralized it's you know i i am the center of my story you're the center of yours there's you know and and right. so what we're doing and why i'm participating in that space is to support an incarnation or assist to doula an incarnation that is crowned you know so so in a way like all that you've been sharing with me about what you've been observing um in the changes of the physical form and you know there's definite needs for fixing where things break because we've got so much baggage from the past i mean if i look at the image of the nadis just from what you were drawing with your hands it looks like a backpack and then you talk about the the black mm. shadow behind and it's like oh all that all that pain and suffering yeah. and fear and all those choices made yeah. and unmade and you know like never mind this yeah. body's incarnation never mind the ancestors you know like whatever different Absolutely. belief structures we've got there's wow. in one lifetime there's so much behind you know and so they break it's too heavy i can't carry that anymore i must let go yeah. i must be here yeah. now isn't it like yeah. all of this stuff all of these thoughts all of this um congestion all of the the pressures of how i'm supposed to be and what i'm supposed to be and all of these things it's congests it breaks things it's too much you know the the solar plexus the the ability to make free choices to make my own choices for my own good and 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 to understand that my own good is the good of everybody when i am mm sitting in my center when I'm washing in the ocean of tears, when I've washed, when I'm accepting, when I'm open, when I'm vulnerable. Yeah. That, that, mm -hmm. that, that choice, yeah. you know, that's, so it seems like all of this is pointing also to doulaing, helping to birth a mm. new incarnation of 
form in a sense yeah. of of human mm. beingness and and perhaps mm. it's not just human perhaps it's it's the Gaia herself the earth planet body of earth I am huh? absolutely I think so yeah because it's interesting that um the the virus and and this illness and the pandemic and everything are acting in a certain way and they act and they impact us in a certain way it's almost as if they're saying it's like a hint you need to work on this you need to work on that you guys need to work on this you've got so much baggage you know you you're talking about the backpack breaking i think that's fantastic it's exactly it yeah yeah and I think they, they're saying, you know, they're laughing and going, oh, my God, can you really just, you know, just sort it out? And I think um, what, they, what they're saying is that, sure, okay, you get sick and, and you know, it, it can be serious and, you know, but learn the lesson that we are telling you. You, you learn the lesson, you'll be okay, hmm. you know? Whatever that is, yeah. Um, and even if you're not okay, you know, you there, there's there's still space. There's still space in your heart to to be okay with your not okay. You know. <laughs> no, it's in, in some ways it's kind of like make make space for your heart, isn't yes. it? That, that thing that's nestled mm. in the lungs and all yeah. of that stuff. You know that's associated in all this. Everything's all around the lungs so much with the yeah. Yeah. kind of medical point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's crucial. And it's interesting that you talk about the crowning. You know, um, I was instructed to wear these uh, a long time ago. Mm. This is my this is my crown actually. These are my antennas, and these help me to connect to Mother Earth because they're like long um, tendrils and the energy of them actually goes into the earth. Uh, just like, um, you know, one of those fig trees that grows the roots down into the ground again from, mm -hmm. from the branches and then grows again. These, these are my fig tree roots. Well, so that's uh, those things. And then you were talking about the connection between your crown and your heart. Um, I've actually got a, a set of beads that do that. Mm. <laughs> so it connects from here to the back of my head, which is where the big screen is, where, where you, you know, you see things. Yeah. From there, that connects to your heart space. So you're seeing things in 3D. Mm. You know, you're seeing from the crown space, you're seeing like you're putting your head above the canopy. You're seeing it from your third eye, and you're also seeing it from your heart. So you're seeing like this whole picture of like what's going on, mm. you know. Mm. And I think that is why um, these illnesses are here. I think they are trying to teach us to do that in some way. They're trying to show us, like you know, you need to see this thing, mm. you know. Um, Illnesses of the eyes and the throat and the, the lungs, uh, they, they're prevalent. Everyone seems to be coming down with like things, you know? Yeah. Um, 
sore throats, stuffy, um, stuffy chests. Uh, it's all the grief, the grief of the loss, the grief of the separation. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Closed voice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the loss of smell, of, of being interfered with. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what all this is about. Yeah. Someone, someone interfering with my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, now we need to wrap it up because I think we've been going for about an hour little more i've got one a question um and and you can if you need to take a moment to think then then do so but if if you were to give like a something uh, a, an image to or have you got can you give us an image that you know any person who may be receiving this transmission um, can use to assist and support their crowning process to that will be helpful whether they've had the virus whether they've had a vaccine whether they've had neither of the above in mm -hmm. um, opening and aligning in order to maintain a state of harmony in physical emotional mental yeah. Yeah, I do actually. And it's, yeah. it's very simple. Yeah. Um, so I've noticed that a lot of people who um, ground and connect with Mother Earth, they tend to um, become quite heart-centered people and quite grounded and quite um, quite generous with their compassion. And that made me think of the trees because that's exactly how the trees live. You know, they're compassionate, they're generous, they they give everything they have. If you know, if their neighbor is sick, they'll send energy to to their neighbor to to make sure that they're okay. They share food all the time, so the mycelial network under the ground with the roots is bouncing energy backwards and forwards the whole time. And there's nutrients and all sorts of things, and the critters are all bringing in stuff, and everyone's sharing everything else. Mm. So, in order for us to connect to to Mother Earth, we need to get on our knees. Mm. Okay, so when you get on your knees, um, you know you can just get on your knees and nothing will happen. But if you get on your knees with intent, so you you close your eyes and you swing your legs down, like you swing your legs through water. And you just touch base on this beautiful base part of Mother Earth. So it's like the inner core of her, so her inner essence, the real Earth, the real Mother Earth that just sits below the surface. So you scratch below the surface and you'll see her. Okay, and once you connect with her, you're connecting with the seed, your seed. And this helps you then grow into this beautiful tree. So when you connect with your roots down into Mother Earth, she will then send vitality up through the center line into your heart space. And that will then expand outwards and upwards like a canopy of the tree. Mm. 
Yeah, and you just feel this blossoming and this growing out of all the branches and the leaves and the flowers and everything. And then you get all the bees and the squirrels nesting in there and all sorts of critters, you know? <laughs> so you then become this community. It's a beautiful thing, mm. you know? So, and they just, just keep generating the fact that, that you're a tree. Connect with Mother Earth and just put your roots in the ground. Mm. And then just work on this image of, of this blossoming. So just the, Sorry, finish your sentence. Oh, yeah. No, I was <laughs> going to start on another story. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, I just wanted to, to clarify the, because there's a, there's a, a mudra here. There's a movement, right? So you, you yeah. get down on your knees. You close your eyes and then you use your imagination to extend your legs as if they're straight and they're extending into the ground. And then your feet are sitting together with the seed that is you, that is the earth. Yeah? Yeah. About right? Yeah. And then from there, allow the earth energy and, and breathe and work together with the imagination to breathe and actuate visualize feel smell taste touch whatever you can however deep you can go right the the this yeah. tree being growing the the earth energy growing yeah. up growing up and feeding feeding the whole body feeding the whole heart and then crowning into the canopy yeah. and and the community and the people and the other trees and you know yeah. okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah beautiful that, that came from my forest ceremony where the trees were laughing at me mm. because they, they kept saying, why are your roots not in the ground? Mm -hmm. How can you people walk around with no roots? Don't you feel sick? Aren't you going to die? Aren't you worried that you're going to die? <laughs> no? yeah. Put your roots in the ground. They were laughing, laughing, laughing. So that, you know, and I... And I've been thinking about that for a long time and working with this practice has just, has fixed that, I think, you know, and will fix that. Mm, mm, mm. Good. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank mm. you. What a Thank wonderful you. beginning. <laughs> yeah. What a wonderful oh. opening and continuance. Ha. Huh. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. You're more than welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to, to talk to me about these beautiful things. Mm, it's a great pleasure. And, and I look forward to further conversations um, for, for everybody who's watching this. Um, Robert, Gentle Rain. Say it in, in how does it go in, in um, the language, your name? In Kosa, it's Mvula. 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 Gentle yeah. rain. Robert Ewell. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be chatting every month. So I'm really looking forward to continuing this conversation. Yeah. And who knows what it's going to look like next time because as <laughs> everything is changing these days, this crowning process yeah. really is clearing out all sorts of things and making the way for. Yeah whatever we choose so um
how blessed are we so i'm very grateful thank you for your time this evening and i look forward to the mm. next time my michael take care look after yourselves and now